0: So, I was, um, I was watching this talk recently by uh, a man named Daniel Kahneman. I'm not sure if that's how he says his name, but um, he, uh, he's a Nobel Prize winner and uh, one of the founders of behavior economics. And he gave this talk about why our experiences and our memories can be very different. And so he would say that – so this is something that's studied in, like, the consumer industry. And he was saying, you could have a great experience with a product or service, but only have bad memories about it when you think about it later. Like, that—that that is possible, and here's how that happens. Let's say, for example, you're on vacation, and you have basically a perfect dinner. You know, the, the place is nice, everything's prepared well, You know, the food's amazing. It's perfectly prepared. The wine's amazing. You know, it's overlooking the ocean at sunset. Like, there's a live band there that's playing, you know, all your favorite songs. And, um, you know, it's not too loud. You know, so as to interrupt conversation. And all your best friends are there, right? And you guys are all having just an amazing time. Uh, Experience is fantastic. And you just have hours of great food and music and ambiance and laughs. But at the very end... Right? Like a waiter's coming by and, and moving something, and they spill, they spill wine in your lap. Right? And this ruins one of your favorite outfits. Now, what, what uh, this guy said, <laughs> Daniel Kahneman, what he said was, "What will likely happen is that this last moment will ruin your memory of the rest of the night." Okay, and so later on when you remember it, you'll only remember it as the day where your favorite, you know, dress or your favorite outfit got ruined, and you won't remember, it will degrade the memory, the good memories of the good things that happened. You know, he said actually, in fact, sometimes like you might have had the best meal of your life and you can't remember it at all because the bad experience is what you latch on to. He says, There are two selves. We exist in two selves, basically. One is the experiencing self, and one is the remembering self. The experiencing self lives in the present, processing everything that's happening. But what's interesting is he said, only, we can actually only experience, like our experience of the present, the, the kind of snapshot of right now, lasts only three seconds. Right. So what we experience as the present is only three seconds long, After that, it moves into memory, and we have a a memory of our experience. So while we think, oh, our experiences are what kind of govern what we think about the world, it's, it's like we live for experience. That's what we think, but actually, the story of our lives is written by the remembering self. You know, this is what governs our thoughts about our lives. This is what governs our behaviors. He said this. This is a quote from me. He said, we actually don't choose between experiences. We choose between memories of experiences. And even when we think about the future, we don't think of our future normally as experiences. We think of our future as anticipated memories. And I found that very interesting because this idea is really how our generation thinks. We don't think in terms necessarily of experiences. We think we do. But really, what we're thinking about is what will be the memory of the experience I'm gonna have? Will it be a good memory or a bad memory? This is, you know, this is has a lot to do with like social media, this idea. Now, the question that I have is are the memories that we're chasing after or the memories that we're latching on to the right ones? What are the right memories? Kind of remembrances. What are the right things that the Bible tells us are not only going to help us in our lives, but are going to help us to essentially have peace, to be happy, to live our lives in a way that's flourishing and, you know, not suffering. That's what we're going to talk about today. And so if you guys have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open them up to uh, Psalm 77. Um, Psalm... 77. And we're going to read, we'll read the whole thing, but we'll take it um, kind of one piece at a time. So this is Psalm 77, starting in verse 1. And this is God's word. And it says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Salah. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Okay, so what's happening here is the, the psalmist is... Basically, lamenting to God, right? A a lament is kind of a cry of desperation to God. He's saying, I cry aloud, aloud to God. He'll hear me, right? And what the psalmist is talking about is he says, in the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. You know, in the night, my hand is stretched out without wearing. He's saying, like, I'm stretching out to God. I'm trying to reach God, but I can't find God. My soul refuses to be comforted. He's saying, I'm trying to remember God right but it's not comforting me like i can't sleep you know you hold my eyelids open the idea is i can't sleep at night because i'm distressed because there is kind of this this pain in my heart i'm so troubled i cannot speak you know he talks about uh, i said in, in verse 6 he says let me remember my song in the night and you know the song in the night would kind of be uh it's like this there would be these certain actual, you know, songs in the night. They would be sung in the night, obviously, like as it says. But they would be used to comfort God's people. It would be the idea of, of giving God this renewed loyalty, remembering the times of old. So this was actually, you know, when he talks about the songs in the night, those are actual things. These would be songs that they would have that he would kind of recite. Right. But what he says is it's not working. You know, I'm trying to do these things, even stretching out your hands in prayer, this would be kind of a a religious act, right? It's like, oh, this is something that I want to do in desperation to reach God, but it's not working. Now, why isn't it working? So, well, one thing we have to understand is the biblical notion of remembering. Like, why can't he remember God? He's trying to remember God, but he can't remember God. Now, the, the biblical idea of remembering, it can't just be intellectual recall, right? It can't just be like, oh, what do I, I want to remember something about God, so I think about it. Now, that can't be what it is. You know, for example, the Bible says oftentimes, like, God remembers our sins no more. Now, that can't mean that God literally forgets our sin, right? He doesn't look at us, he doesn't look at me and be like, oh, you, right? Like, I I know you, you, you did something bad, (laughs) but I can't remember it, right? Like, that doesn't make sense, God remembers, right, like he, he can recall it if he would like to, but the idea, the biblical idea of remembering is s- having something that is a, con- a controlling conscious mind, right? So it's something that's in the conscious of your mind that's central to how you feel and how you act. That's like, so the idea of remembering, it's not just like the, up here, Right there is something like in the heart. There's something in our hearts that governs what we think, how we feel, and how we act. That's when we remember something. It means bringing it up in that sense, so that it's in the controlling conscious of my mind. Like you guys know, there's probably something that's happened in your life. You know, maybe you sinned in some way. You made a mistake, right? And you told somebody, whether it was the person you sinned against or maybe it was just directly to God, you say, "I'm never going to do that again." Cause you know what it feels like in that moment. You you sinned. You did something. You feel guilty, or you feel ashamed, or you feel embarrassed, and you're like, "I'm never going to do that again." But then why do you do it again? Because that's all hap- that's happened to all of us, right? You say, "I'm never going to do this again," and then you do it again. Why does that happen? Is it because you don't remember? That you did that before? Is it because you don't remember the effects, even what happened? Sometimes even the consequences of what happened because of your mistake? No, it's not because you don't literally remember. It's because you have forgotten the feelings associated with it. You forgot what you felt in that moment. You forgot like what it's like to have that controlling consciousness of that moment. That's what you forgot. Not literally that it had happened but that whole kind of being, that whole part of it. So why does this happen, right? Like we remember stuff about God. You, I might say stuff like God's gracious, God loves you. You know, even something like the gospel, like Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He rose again from the dead. Like he doesn't hold any of that against you. Like, yeah, he literally can remember it, but he's not going to hold it against you because of Christ. And I could say something like that, and you might remember it, but then it might also not do anything to you. It might not cause anything in your heart. You might just, it might just kind of, you know, go either, well, not go over your head, but it might just kind of like you might brush it off. Why does that happen? Uh, Romans 1 tells us that one of the reasons it's difficult to remember God, and we're not going to turn there. I'm going to just summarize it for you. But essentially is that there's two things going on in our heart. One, there's something that's drawing us toward God. You know, we, when we look at the world, when we see things happening, when we look at nature, when you look at like a mountain or something or like the vastness of the ocean, something in your being, this is for everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, right? Something tells you there's something great about this. There is, there is a greater being. There's a greater purpose out there. Everybody feels that. There's something drawing us toward God. And at the same time, there's something in our hearts that doesn't want to think about that like, we don't want there to be God. Something in our hearts knows that there has to be God, and another thing in our hearts tells us, I don't want to think about God because that's too big for me to think about. That takes me to all these other places. Then I have to think about my life. I have to think about my purpose. I have to think about all these other things in the world. I have to think about injustice. You know, I got to think about all these things that are happening. I got to think about the lost. And I just don't want to think about that. And so there's something in our heart that makes us want to remember God, and there's something in our heart that makes us want to forget God. So how, how can we, I think that's the first thing we have to acknowledge, right? How can we have the right remembrances? The first thing we have to do is accept, accept the fact or acknowledge the fact that we are prone to forgetfulness. That's our hearts, Right? Sometimes I don't think that. Right? Like, like sometimes I think, oh, I've heard this before. You know, I mean, I even open the Bible sometimes, and it'll be a passage maybe I read not too long ago. You know, like a month ago or something. And I'm like, ah, I just read this a month ago. You know, like, do I really need to read this passage again? Um, I was listening to this uh, sermon by Tim Keller. And, um, well, actually, no, I was reading this online. And Tim Keller has read you know, the book of Psalms, basically all the Psalms, every month for the past 20 years, right? So a part of his, a part of his daily Bible reading is just to read, essentially that's like five Psalms a day, right? Because there's 158, so you can go through it in a month. And he's been doing that for 20 years. And sometimes I feel like we think, oh, but that's so like, oh, that's so tedious, you know, to read the same thing over and over again. Right. Part of that is because we don't realize how forgetful we are. You know, this is from uh, Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy eight. out of the house of slavery who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water who brought you water out of the flinty rock. Isn't that crazy? Like, imagine, do you ever, like, we do this, right? You'll read the Bible, particularly the Old Testament. And you're like, dude, if I were there, there's no way I would lose faith in God. You know, if I were there when God brought fire down from heaven, like if I were there to witness, to experience the ten plagues, if I were there and I had to literally paint, you know, blood on my doorpost so that my kid could live, and other people's kids died who didn't do that, there is no way, there's absolutely no way I would ever doubt God again. There's no way I would forget that. And yet he's saying, take care lest you forget even though I did all this stuff, right? Even though I brought you, like you were literally in slavery, I I redeemed you out of slavery. Remember, I parted the Red Sea so you could cross over on dry land. Like I was there in the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. Like I was literally giving you water out of a rock. I was sending you manna from heaven to feed you. And he says, you know what's going to happen though is when you got houses to live in, when you have some gold stored up, when you got a little bit of comfort, when you have some herds and flocks, you're going to forget me. You're going to forget that I did any of that stuff. See, so we have to acknowledge, accept. We have to remember that we are prone to forgetfulness. It's very important. Now, I do want to just say, okay, the psalmist here, lamenting to god crying out to god okay because if that's where you're at if if you feel sometimes like that's where you're at you know like god where are you i do this stuff you know i i still i i do the religious stuff like i lift my hands i sing out you know i i read and you know i go to church and i'm trying to i'm trying to hear you like i'm trying to see you i'm trying to experience you but it's just not it's hard even when i try to remember you uh if that's where you're at that's totally fine. Right? Like, it's okay not to be okay. That's something we say, right? That's fine where you're at. The thing is, you just got to acknowledge where you're at. It's Like, you got to be able to say, okay, that's, that's where I'm at right now. You know, not try to gloss over that, not try to get out of that. Like, I always think about it, like, if you're lost or something on your phone, you know, I mean, you, you got lost, you're trying to go somewhere, and I don't know, maybe you weren't using maps. I don't, although, I don't know why anyone would do that now. But, you know, you're just, you're just out somewhere, and, like, you realize you're lost. You've been driving 100 miles in the wrong direction, you know. And you pull out your phone and, you know, your your GPS is not on, right? And you go, you want to find out how to get to wherever. And you know how it says, like, like your location settings are not on or something? Like, your GPS is not on? Like, do you want to turn it on? And you're like, nah, dude, I don't want to. You know, like, I don't want to because I want to figure out where I am on my own. Like, I wanna, I want to pull out my old... I don't, I'm, I'm forgetting, like Rand McNally. You know, like I want to pull out my old map, right? And like do the boxes thing, like the grids, and like find where I'm at so I can get the address to like find where I am and then just, it's like, but why do that? What is the point of that? I mean, just turn on your GPS and see where you're at you know, because you, won't, you don't want to be embarrassed by like where it says you are. The first thing we have to do is acknowledge where we are. You know, like, we're not going to want to do things to remember God if we don't acknowledge, if we don't accept that. It's hard for us to remember him, you know, in our day-to-day lives. Our hearts are prone to forget him. So that's the first thing we need to do. Now, let's read on here. It says, Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? or his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Selah. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate On your mighty deeds. Okay, so the first thing we have to do to kind of build these right remembrances, accept that it's hard to remember, right? Accept that we're prone to forget. Second thing, diligently seek to remember who God is. Diligently seek, right? He says, because at the beginning, remember, he's like, I'm trying to remember God, but I can't. And then here he says, Then my spirit made a diligent search. So he went beyond just the religious thing, just the lifting up of hands, just the songs in the night that he knows, right? Just the things that he's fallen back on for his life. And he says, now my spirit, my inmost being, right? My heart is going to make a diligent search and I'm going to ask myself these questions. Will the Lord spurn forever? Is God going to forget me forever? Is he never going to turn his favor to me, right? Has his steadfast love forever ceased like are his promises at an end is he really not going to keep his promises has he forgotten to be gracious verse 10 he says then i said i will appeal to this to the years of the right hand of the most High." and this is kind of a pivot so he's asking these questions about god and obviously, they're kind of rhetorical questions, right? Like, is God really going to stop his steadfast love? And you know in your heart, if you ask yourself that question, then you're going to answer, no, he's not going to cease his steadfast love. Right? Is he really not going to answer his promises? No, of course he'll answer his promises. Right? It's, it's, it's examining yourself and saying, well, what do I really believe about God? What, do I, what am I failing to remember? And he says, I'm going to appeal to this I know that I know the answer to all these questions. He's saying, like, I'm gonna go to that. I'm gonna go to what God has done. I'm gonna remember the deeds of the Lord. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna I'm gonna actively try to remember. Diligently search. Are you diligently searching in your heart to remember who God is? Right, not just doing the religious thing, not just doing the surface things, but to actually question yourself. Say, examine your heart. Say, is this what is this? Is this what I really believe? What's happening here? Right. And this leads him, of course. So the third thing I would say is actively remember. And from this text we can find some specific things, but actively remember the creative. And redemptive acts of God. Actively remember the creative and redemptive acts of God. So here it says, Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid indeed the deep trembled right now and the waters you know in kind of the jewish idea of the waters the waters were crazy the waters were this untamable territory nobody could you know make the waters do what they wanted to even today there's kind of this idea of like you can't be 100% safe in the water you, you, can, you can have, you know, lifeguards, you can swim, you can have a boat, whatever, right? But if that boat crashes, you know, if something happens, there is not this, like, 100%, like, we have tamed the water. The water is still, in some sense, like, less tamed than, like, the, the air, the sky, you know, like air travel, which is actually very safe. The water's crazy. And this idea is, when the water saw you, God, they were scared, because God's in charge. Right? Verse 17 says, The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth, forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. And a lot of this is in reference to, in fact, creation. But this is, a, this is kind of a like the drama of creation. It's an artistic rendering of what creation was like. Because all of nature was under God's control. right? God owns it. God controls the skies. He knows when it rains. He dictates it to rain or to not rain. He controls lightning, thunder, water, whatever. It's all in his power. And Then verse 19, it says, Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your, foot's, your footprints were unseen. This is reference to the Israelites crossing the Red Sea on dry land. Right? And they say, he's saying, you know, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints weren't seen. So this idea is that like God was with them even though they couldn't literally see him walking across. Right? You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron, of course, that's, that's the idea, the exodus actively remember. So this is what the psalmist does, because he acknowledges, like, it's hard for me to remember. I I have this problem. I want to remember, but I can't, because my heart is prone to forgetfulness, and in fact, in Romans 1, that would be called sinfulness. That's a biblical idea of the reason we forget God is because we don't want to remember God. So we're in rebellion. We sin, He acknowledges that, and then he says, you know what, I'm going to, beyond all this religious stuff, I'm going to go deeper, and I'm going to actually look in my heart. I'm going to meditate on who God is. I'm going to ask myself, I'm going to question myself, my own heart. And then I'm going to actively remember God, his creative acts, his redemptive acts. The psalmist isn't passively remembering. He's actively, specifically remembering these moments. He's thinking about them. He's he's in fact he's preaching them to himself. He's saying, you know, because who is he talking to, right? Like who's you know nobody's like sitting there in front of him. And he's like, hey, you know, like th- no, he's he's talking to himself. He's like he's talking to his heart. So it's crazy, you know. Last week, I, I shared with you guys, um, you know, for those of you who are here, one of the things I talked about was when I got saved, right? And I talked about this moment when I was in sixth grade and i and uh you know it was like it was like after church and it was a night thing and and all my classmates were gathered there and we did like this thing and you know somebody pulled me outside i remember it was like in the fellowship hall and then somebody pulled me outside they preached the gospel to me and i that's the first time i i i remember hearing and understanding it and i you know said I would put my faith in Christ, and I was affirmed afterwards, you know, and then, and after that, I had, like, questioned that moment a lot, and in fact, even in my life, I only really remembered that again in, like, my mid-20s, so, like, because I always questioned, like, when did I get saved, and I thought about it, and I'd done a couple altar calls, you know, because even after that moment, I was, like, not sure, you know, a couple years later, they're doing, like, an altar call, I'm, like, well you know just might as well go up right now you know because who knows right like let me just get some insurance here and like i would i would be doing those things but later on when i thought about it i remembered and i was like you know what that really was the moment even though my life was still messed up for a long time after that i didn't get my you know act together and i wasn't you know I, i didn't have it all like figured out that took many many more years but that was the moment so you know what's crazy is I was having, (laughs) I was literally meeting up with a friend this week, like an old friend. And he brought up that day, like we were in the same class together in sixth grade. And he brought up that day, he was like, hey, do you remember this like random day where where like we we were at church late at night, and like they this lady came. He remembered things I didn't remember. He was like, this lady came and she was like sharing the gospel, and um, and he was like, that was the day I got saved. And I was like, shut up! <laughs> I was like, no way, because that was the day that I got saved, and I totally didn't know that that was there for him. And it's just it's crazy these kinds of things, right? These these moments that we have in our lives of God's faithfulness that have happened and oftentimes we just forget. Let me, let me tell you, well, I'm going to give you some application. One, make a habit of remembering God's historical faithfulness. Okay, make a habit of remembering God's historical faithfulness. And when I say God's historical faithfulness, I mean both in history, in salvation history, where like everything God has done, of course, this entails in part like reading the word. This entails in part just kind of looking back on God's creative acts, his redemptive acts. But also there is in your life, there is a history that God has. Right, like God has done things in your life. If you're a believer, like that whole journey, and God is with us before we realize we're believers, right? He's He's doing things in us and through us. He's bringing us to certain places. He's been there for us, and oftentimes we just forget that. You know, if we don't make a habit, and I say make a habit because you're not going to just do it if you just do it like whenever. You know, if like if you feel like it. I would say, make a, make a regular have At least once a week, I try to pray just thanks to God for things he's done and no requests. Like, not to say, like, oh, God, you know, like, this is what I need and this is what's happening in my life right now. Like, I, I try to make it a point to have at least one prayer session where I don't pray for anything that I need. And I just, because I just want to meditate and I want to think about what God has already done. And oftentimes what happens is it shows you what God's already doing. You know, it speaks to a lot of the things, the requests that I have. God reveals like, oh, do you see? Like, yeah, that happened back then, and I'm still working it right now. I've been doing something in that over this entire period of time. So that's one. Make a habit of remembering God's historical faithfulness, both in the Bible and in your life. Two. Make a habit of remembering what God remembers about you. Make a habit of remembering what God remembers about you. Okay, so a couple things. Here's, this is from Hebrews ten sixteen to 17. It says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. So again, that doesn't mean God forgets. It means that is no longer on co- God's conscious mind when he thinks of you. It's not your sin, right? If you believe in Christ, you have faith in Christ, your sin's been covered over by the grace and the love and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's not what God thinks about when he remembers you. Here's another thing. Okay, What God will remember in the end is what we have done for the, his kingdom. That's what he will remember. Right? So he's not going to remember your, your sins and your lawless deeds, but what he will remember, you know, the Bible says he's not going to forget somebody who gives a, a cup of water, you know, to someone in need, to someone, to a kingdom worker. Like, that's what God will remember. I was, um, you know, recently, I was I was at this dinner, so... You know, back in the day <laughs> back in the day. That's that was weird why'd I say that. Um <laughs> uh back in when was this? Like mid two th- mid I mean like two thousand five, two thousand four, five, six, around that time, like, you know, I had gone to uh Central America, you know, several times on like missions trips. Right? And we used to go and we would see these like there were like these people there like i was in college there were or i was maybe in college or like just out of college and there were people there like my age we met a lot of people there and we would we would um in in honduras i shared about this like last week right but we we met a lot of people in honduras and there were these you know native honduran peoples and we would we you know they were christians and we would interact with them and we together would put on these like like a, like a revival night. Like we would put on a revival night. We would go to one city and do this. We'd go to other places. We would like share the gospel with people. I shared last week, right, that we would go to Guatemala and we would, you know, share the gospel. We'd evangelize to people. So from way back then, Well, I'll just share my own experience from then, right? That was one of my early mission experiences. After that, for many years, I went to many different mission trips, right? I went to all bunch of places like, you know, to like Africa and to like India and like wherever, Brazil, like all these places, right? And after several years of doing that, After I'd been a pastor for a few years, and I thought about my own missiology, like, what do I think about missions? And there was a point in my life, I think, where I thought, you know, these, like, short trips, like, going a week or two weeks, this is dumb. Like, like, what's the point of this? Right? Like, they don't even, we're not even reaching anybody. We're just going out here and just, like, doing whatever. This is, like, more self-glorifying, probably, than it is God-glorifying. You know, we're using all this money up and, and stuff. And I, I had this attitude, really, like, this is part of my own missiological journey. Like, I, th- I would think about it, and I'd be like, ah, is this really worth it? At, le- at the very least, I would question it. Like, ah, is this, is this doing anything? Like, what is this doing, right? So, flat, you know, fast forward to, I don't know, a few months ago. One of the pastors from there, from way back then, from 05 he came, he came to america he was visiting and like some of us you know some people went there and we were just having dinner with him and many people who went to those trips like pastors now you know many people from there like from Honduras they like they're christians you know they're they're missionaries you know they're like leading movements and things like that. One of the pastors, that's kind of what he's doing in Honduras. And he looks to us, a bunch of just like, whatever. <laughs> we went, whatever, once or twice, 10 years, you know, what, what is that? More than 10 years ago. And he looks to us. There's a bunch of people sitting at the table. And he's like, you know what? I really, like, thank God for you guys. Because you, like, came and you you were, like, co- we were co-labors in the gospel. Like, we and people have been reached and, like, lives have been changed. And I'm thinking, like, well, we didn't do anything. <laughs> like, we just a bunch of dumb kids that just went down there, and we just do whatever our leaders tell us. You know, in in my very cynical mind, I'm thinking I oh, would probably doing more damage than good. You know, that's what I'm thinking. And yet, for him, right, and probably for many people. Now, is that really about us? No. But God can use those things. God makes remembrance of these things, right? Essentially, what I'm saying is all these things matter. The things that we do, the, the remembrances that we create. You know, so is God going to, you know, sometimes I feel like we are governed by our sin, our anxiety, our fear. You know, we feel like these are the things when God looks at us, he thinks about. Those aren't the things that God thinks about. God's forgotten all of that. Like, not literally, but he doesn't. That's not what's in his active mind. What's in his active mind is that you are covered by the grace of Christ, and what he remembers about you is what you do for the kingdom. That's what will be written for forever. And he will make remembrance even in the lives and the hearts of others. Like, that's what that pastor, Pastor Jose is his name, that's what he remembered. You know, what I remember from sixth grade is what some person taught me in the gospel that's what i remember like we're heading into holiday season i'll say this quick cuz we're we're you know it's not totally i mean we'll talk about this more but like this is a time to make memories right and what i'd say is make the right remembrances and this is the last thing i'll say is uh make a habit of sharing about God's faithfulness, God's faith, guys, what's going on? God's faithfulness, you know, as I'm getting older, it's like harder to say certain words. God's faithfulness, make a habit of sharing about God's faithfulness in your life with others. Okay, make a habit of that. Now, we are typically in the habit complaining about our lives now that's okay (laughs) all right that's okay too because we got to do that also but i will say you know when those things happen when god breaks through and i i I feel like some of this is kind of asian too because sometimes we don't like sharing about that kind of stuff i don't know why we just like keep it in but when god breaks through and something happens right? Like, if you've been praying for something for a long, you know, this has happened to me a lot, actually. It's like, someone will tell me that something's happening in their life, like something bad, and I'll pray for them. I'll pray for them, like, every day, right? And then one day, I'll check in with them, and I'll be like, hey, what's going on with this? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's got resolved, like, two months ago. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me, (laughs) right? Like, I've been still praying about it. Like, I've been praying about it every day, Because I don't know what it is, but sometimes when those things happen, we just forget it. It's like we just move on. Like, share that. You know what creates a collective, kind of a culture of collective gratitude and remembrance of God is when we share those things with each other. So I just want to encourage you. You know, even when the littlest thing, like God does something faithful in your life. Right? just share that and be like, "Hey you know praise God, like it's not about you, it's not like you're good or something or you're special. that's why God no it's because that's how gracious God is. That creates you know that joy you get to share that with other people. so I really encourage you to do that. Um, let's pray together God, we uh God, we just we want to remember you. you know it's it's hard. Because there are things happening, it seems like, nonstop in our lives. And it's, you know, honestly, just in our hearts, God, we're prone to forget. We are prone to, whether by kind of ignorance or by even even willful rebellion at times, God, because we don't want to remember, because we don't want to think about the vastness of you Uh, we forget you god we confess that and yet we are so thankful god that whenever we do remember you whenever we are brought back to the place where we can remember what you've done for us god whenever we seek diligently and go a little bit deeper And we can get past our own rebellion and we can get past our own sin and we can get past our own kind of hang-ups, God. And we can get to the point where we remember that you won't ever forget us, God. That you won't ever forget your promises, God. That you won't ever let go of your steadfast love, of your faithfulness, God. That you've already proven how much you love us by sending your own son to be sacrificed on the cross for our sake. God, when we are able to remember, we know that we are filled with such joy and such hope and such faith that we are able to build one another up, God, that we are able to be free from our fear and our anxiety and our insecurity, God, and we are able to just walk with you. So lead us in that, God. We entrust it to you. We thank you and we love you.